based on intense experiences never work. Okay. We'll have to base it on sex then. Whatever you say, man. Backing out, better back off. Hey, that's hey, why I'm out of hey, here, baby. Before these cops put me down in the ground, baby. I'm running west till I'm out of this town, baby. Hey, you want your money back? Chase me. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome, people, to episode 214 of Dude and a Monkey. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Matt Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Ian Loring, hello. Uh, and this week we have a, a triple threat. We have three reviews. Uh, the delightful people at Netflix dropped two, not one, but two uh, new films uh, on us uh, in uh, The Circle and Okja. And also Baby Driver, the new Edgar Wright film, was released. Uh, Ian saw it uh, on a Cineworld Unlimited special screening, I believe, was it? Yeah, I'm nearly two weeks removed from it. You saw it today, so... I did see it this morning. Yeah, good. Yeah, you'll be way fresher on it than I am. Yeah, on a glorious, a glorious 9.20 in the morning screening. Fantastic. Oh. Do you know what? I was talking to people at work the other day and said that I was going to the cinema at 9.20 in the morning and they went, why are you going that early? I was like, because if I, if I can, if there's any way physically possible that I could go to the cinema, have my film watched and be done before midday is amazing. Yeah, it is. It, the, the cinema is just the perfect thing. I, I will say that it's um, it's allocated seating at the view that I go to, mm. right? Me and one other guy. Guess what fucking seat he sat in? No way, really. <laughs> yeah. So guess who went up to him and went? Excuse me. That's my seat. <laughs> and his response, his response was, "Well, does it really matter?" I was like, "Right, well now." It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. I, I appreciate what you're saying, mate. I said, but the trails have just started, and if I sit there and somebody comes in and then says, oh, that's my seat, because it starts yeah. filling up, I'm the dickhead, and I end up not sat in an aisle where I like to sit. So to be fair, it's an empty screening. You've got a seat allocated to you. Why not just sit in that one? Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Weird, I, I mean, like, I, I'm all, for, I'm all for earlier cinema showings and whatnot, but I'm, I'm stunned that they do a nine twenty showing of 
baby driver. It like I mean I suppose it is one of the big it's like the second biggest new release of this weekend, but mm. that it kind of feels like you put an older kids film on in that screening in that showing at a nine twenty showing and then start Baby Driver from about midday. Well I think what it is is it's a it's a twelve screen cinema. I think if it was a an eight screen or a six screen, I don't think it'd happen. I think with it being a twelve screen, um, you've often got uh, a couple of the not kid fr- not supposedly kid friendly movies um, playing at that time. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit like, do you know what? Because usually it doesn't actually open until ten o'clock on a Sunday, but then when you've got a big kids release, it'll open at nine. Yeah. And of course, Despicable Me three was out. So because that's open, it's well, fuck it. We might as well put a couple of other things on. Yeah, yeah. Oh um, no, no. I mean, I believe me. I know. I mean, Christ, I yeah. You know, no, I work you in the industry. I know, like, I know how it works. I mean, like, we'd every now and then, like, really rarely, we'd have a film start at around about nine o'clock in the morning. But otherwise, like, we'd never bothered until ten. It would be shift would start at nine i'd get in i'd turn all the computer all the projectors on start lacing them up straight away and then comfortably be ready for 10 o'clock like the nine the nine o'clock ones were ball late because then we had to start moving our shifts about and whatnot you know come in for like quarter to nine just to be bloody ready but um yeah no fair enough i mean i went to an eleven fifteen showing of despicable me free this morning and it was rammed and it's oh, a the- really Sorry. Yeah. The, the, the what is it? The there was a nine thirty screening of Despicable Me three at the view I was at today, mm. and it was that when I got my ticket, one of the girl the girl who was serving me turned around to the other girl that was on the till next to her and said, "We get five more people in, and this screening sold out." That's mental. Like. It's a nice day as well, you know, it's supposed, I kind of thought with weather like it has been today, it'd be putting people off, but no, I mean, we got there and it was, it was hard to get, it was hard to get a seat. I mean, it's a good thing Lottie likes sitting at the front. It's it's great, you know, and it's, it's fantastic, you know, that, that cinema's doing that well. Um, But yeah, it is a little bit, it is a little bit crazy, but then in saying that, I'm there at 9.20 in the morning going to see Baby Driver. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Ian, um, yeah, that's what we've got. And we'll have um, usual tangents like we just have there. Uh, some trailer chats. Uh, I think there's been a couple of things out, but not much. And also, we'll, I think we've got a couple of questions. And if we ever get if we get around to it, there's some what we've been watching, but I've only watched like two other things anyway. Yeah, um, a couple of things I could talk about, but yeah. Yes, that's cool, yeah. Um, so, Ian, anything else happened? Uh, it's since it's only been four days since we actually last recorded, doesn't it? Yeah, like yeah. you say, mate. Yeah. Um, um, I think the biggest thing in film really was uh, Barry Norman's passing. Yeah, yeah. Um, little bit before my time, to be fair. Um, yeah, I was thinking that you might have been interested to touch before before your time. I, I, I just about remember him. I remember reading a few books, and he was one of those that I. I didn't necessarily always agree with, but I I, I I liked listening to it. It's always nice listening to people talk about films that are really passionate about film, whether you agree with them or not. Mm. No, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. It kind of feels like um, he'd been out of the spotlight for a while. Yeah. It's not, it's not an e 
No, it, it, it's it's certainly not. I think it's uh, I think there's there's very much a specific sort of generation um, of of UK specific film lovers that are going right. That's that was like our entry into into film loving. That was that was the only real kind of um, traction that, that that film got to an extent. Um, you know, you had things like movie drama and things like that, but they were happened sort of towards the tail end of, of 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 that kind of generation, I would think. Yeah, yeah, no, no, fair enough. I mean, obviously, our like R.I.P. and did a lot for film culture in the UK, and I'm, I'm certainly not meaning to dismiss it. It's just, oh, no, I don't think I, so. you know, there, there are a lot of people giving a lot of eulogies on Twitter yesterday, and I don't feel. Uh, Equipped to be one of them. Yes, I I, I, I can sympathise with that. Like I say, I didn't. I, I often often shout at the screen while it, while I was watching him, and um, I often disagreed with stuff that I was reading that he read. So it was a bit like I didn't really want to, to, to like say eulogise about somebody that I disagreed with, but I had an awful lot of respect for him as a, a critic. He was very very good. What, what's what's up, Lossie? You want to give me a hug? Okay. Aww. Do you want to? Do you want to tell uh, people what you thought of Despicable Me Three while you're here? Did you like it? Yeah. The Minions film. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What? What? If you could say one word to describe it, what would that word be? I liked it. Okay, that's three words. One word. Ten loved it. Okay, three words again, but good effort. High five. <laughs> Fist bump. Right, love you. Right, you go see mummy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, lots. Okay, don't no no don't stop stop don't start playing with the fan. Sorry, Mark. Don't. Okay, I'll see you later, baby. Love you. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, should we do trailers? Yes, let's get our trailers, yes. Um, so, what have, you, what have you watched this week, trailers-wise, in here? Uh, only one for me uh, was uh, a pleasant surprise, actually. Um, ah, sorry, what you say. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Um, yeah. I... This is an interesting idea. Um, you, yes. You know, the, the fact that, I mean... I don't know. The fact that it's a video game, I suppose, is to be expected these days. Um, but it, I it totally makes it, it generationally makes sense. Yeah, and the idea of these people, at, like, because you know, when the first photos came out and people were like having a go at the fact that Karen Gillan was dressed in such a skimpy outfit, and she was like, "Look, there's actually a reason for that." Yeah. And it's like, boom, they're, fuck, they're they're having their cake and eating it because it's Karen Gillan in a skimpy outfit, but at the same time, it's a plot point. I mean, I, 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 you know, fair enough. And uh, I, I, I thought I thought that her handling of that was was really good actually when that came out. Yeah, because I mean, she, she got quite she she got quite on the defensive and kind of said, you know, afterwards when people were still going on about it, even when she said, look, there's a really good explanation you're going to have to wear. And she even sort of said in an interview when somebody sort of said, you know, don't you feel objectifying? And she said, fuck you, no, I don't. I like my legs. And it was a bit like, do you know what? You, you, she just keeps going up in my estimations. That girl. No, yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean, like. 
she basically her first scene in Doctor Who, which was like her breakout thing, was her dressed in a like strippery police woman uniform, which I think maybe just set a lot of people's expectations about her almost but yeah she's a good actress and i mean i believe she directed a film last year as well um and did, yeah. yeah i mean i, I don't know we'll, we'll talk about the circle later mm-hmm. i mean it's nobody's nobody's finest moment in that film but she's fine in it um actually to be fair she probably gets away she probably gets away with the least damage actually thinking about it but maybe may, may, we'll have that discussion but um we will. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, I mean, she's willing to basically disguise herself, you know, like Nebula for Guardians of the Galaxy. She sa- shaved her hair off for the first one, you know. So, that you know, it there's, there's, more, there's more to Karen Gillan, I think. And it she seems very much like one who will take the paychecky stuff like this, but if there's something a bit more to it and... This doesn't on the on the like on the outside. This doesn't look like it's got anything anything more to it whatsoever. But in this day and age of like what people identify as in terms of gender and whatnot, it, even if that kind of stuff is only on the fringes of this like hundred million dollar family action adventure film, that's that is interesting. You know, I mean, I, I, yes, you've got the comedy of the hot girl in the body of Jack Black, but you've also, <laughs> I mean, I just also like the geeky guy in the body of the of the Rock as well. You know, it's that that's some interesting stuff, and the way that they're going to be able to play on the like kids trapped in these people's bodies kind of thing, I, I is a, a, an an idea that actually has my interest and. I was always the cast were always a bit of a guilty pleasure thing for me anyway. I like Kevin Hart, I like Jack Black, I, I you know, I like The Rock, I like Karen Gillan, but yeah. I still wasn't particularly looking forward to this film. Now, it's like I think it's out around Christmas or something, and shit yeah, I will spend a couple of hours watching this around Christmas. Yeah, I'm the same, yeah. Cracking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. It looks looks fun. It, it, uh, yeah, that's it. It looks fun. Um, something that, that I think has been a little bit kind of like you're not allowed to do at movies anymore. You're not allowed to have fun with them. You've got to constantly look for the political agenda within them. But yeah, it looks it looks fun. Um, other one I watched was the new Death Note trailer, uh, another Netflix movie. Um, yeah, I'm a fan of the original uh, Death Note. I'm not a, a huge obsessive fan or anything like that, but I enjoyed it. My time with it. Um, this looks like a US remake of Death Note. <laughs> you I, know, yeah, it, I, I, I didn't get to this trailer, um, which I'm, yeah, I should have actually. But so it doesn't look sacrilegious, but no. does it maybe look pointless? No, it doesn't actually. Okay. No, um, it's it looks like they've gone. You know, the thing is, it's not a fast track remake. Um, and there's a whole world outside of the Death Note films, of Death Note. It's not just the, the, the couple of films. There's a lot else that goes on around it. So it, it is just, it's not, I think we've got to start looking at these things in a different way. As in a sense of, 
we're constantly looking at them, oh, it's a remake, or it's whatever, and it isn't. It's just a US adaptation of it. And therefore, it looks, it doesn't look like it's a shot-for-shot remake. It doesn't look like it's trying to play on that. It just looks like a US version of, of Death Note, and from the trailer, you look at it and go, do you know what? Yeah. I, I'll, I'll happily watch that movie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I'm, I'm well above it. William Dafoe casting as uh, Roku is, is is brilliant. It's a really clever idea. That voice kind of fits the whole look, etc. I think it's it looks like it could be an entertaining movie. Yeah, um, get to watch it as part of our six ninety nine a month. Straight up August bank holiday weekend, I think. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, why not? I'll watch a new Adam Wingard film directly on my TV of of a bank holiday weekend. Make sure it's in HDR on Netflix. And it's, you know, is, isn't that around I'm, your birthday? Sorry? Isn't that, is that around your birthday? Oh, it's a week too after. Week yeah. after. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, let's let's get that shit in HDR, man. Like, I just... We'll talk about the films later, but I just want to say, Okja, 4K HDR on Netflix, looks cracking. The Circle... 4K, not HDR, on Netflix, looks alright. Is that is that something to do with the fact that The Circle was never actually originally a Netflix original? It's a Netflix original over here, but it, it, it's very much a film they bought the, the right release series. rights for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, to be fair, I think so. I think Netflix are very, very committed to their actually, like, Netflix-produced stuff yeah. being shot in 4K and mastered in HDR, whereas yeah, I think I think you're right if they're buying it in. But it's it's weird because like you've got this, like my 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 TV recently got its Netflix app updated for HDR, and it's so it's all over the place though. It's like sometimes it's 4K, sometimes it's HDR, and I can imagine some people being confused because if it's HDR on Netflix, it will always be 4K. But it won't say 4K and HDR. It will just say HDR. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's very odd. But I, I'll tell you what. I mean, like, Okja in, in HDR looked really, really good. Like, really, really, really good. Um, and I think I pay eight ninety nine a month for Netflix because I have the 4K. And even that is absolutely fucking fine by me you know yeah. but um, we'll, we'll get to it but yeah anyway so let's this is netflix like made isn't it death note yes it is yeah yeah it is. It's, it's, it's absolutely netflix made it's a full yeah. full-blown netflix picture because i saw this week as well dave um they're adding dolby atmos as well to their stuff yeah um like adam wingard tweeted like retweeted a press release about it and said like this is the last thing we've got on, got to do on death note so they're actually like they're even adding to that, but then it's available on fuck all devices at the moment, so that's something that will come. But yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like, given all the shit they get for from people for like having bugger all from uh, like the the seventies and behind, or the fifties and behind, or something like that. The stuff that like the, they seem to be taking care of their own stuff. 
And I don't know. The only the only thing I wish Netflix would do is is do like special features and stuff, like do directors' commentaries and things like that. But then that market's <sighs> not really there for that. But I would even I would even pay say an extra quid a month if that gave me access to extras as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's, it's something I think they'd certainly look at. You could see maybe doing a Netflix Plus or something like that. Yeah, because, I mean, it's just... I don't know, man. I mean, it's like... iTunes Extras are great, and the fact Mm. that they retroactively add stuff, like there's... On the the rise and dawn of the planet of the apes, there's now some like preview stuff for War of the, uh, War for the Planet of the Apes on there, and uh, the Godfather trilogy. They just added the Francis Ford Coppola commentaries. Yeah, um, and and the um, the Black and Chrome edition of uh, Mad Max Fury Road was added to that. Yeah, yeah, like months before they it had that like cinema uh, release uh, yeah. in May, I think it was. You know, so and, and I bought that. I bought that. For three ninety nine, and effectively, I've got two movies. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's fucking ridiculous, you know. So, but that's my my worry is that if physical media goes away and they stop producing behind the scenes content for that, if Netflix doesn't do it, would iTunes specifically request that studios put extras into their films? I think a lot of the time, I think studios will do it because they there's often um, people there doing EPKs anyway on these things, um, and a lot of the time nowadays you, you've got you'll find I think for instance a lot of the um, Infinity War, not sure, um, Civil War, uh, Avengers things mm. um, for Captain America were filmed and directed by Chris Evans. Really? Yeah, he oh, he, okay. he, he, did, he did some of that work on on that because um, I, I saw a snippet of an interview, I read a snippet of an interview, I think, sorry, actually, uh, of him where he, he was talking about um, what he wants to do kind of post-Captain America and was saying that... Uh, it A question was put to him about the... Um, the idea of working with more female directors, and he said that he, you know, that he'd like to do it, but he, 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 I think it was somewhere along the lines of, would you commit to doing um, every other film a female director? And he said no, he, he wouldn't. Um, he said, but he would like to work with more female directors, but he said I'm not really focusing on acting, really. He said, you know, once. You know, once Captain America, which I'm not saying I'm finishing anytime soon. Once I finish Captain America, I kind of want to step behind the camera for the foreseeable future. Mm. And he said, he said, you know, at that point, you know, you know, I did, you know, I did a lot of the feature work and things like that for for, for the films that I'm making at the moment. So to give me an idea of how to how to shoot and things like that, and to see if I actually get on with it and bits like that. And I think that I think the way that we get and Directors' commentaries often, you know, apparently they're the most, um, the most kind of seen or um, viewed special features are the commentaries. So I can't see them going because a lot of the kind of like it, essentially it is just chuck them in a room and get them to watch it. Is it that that's that's comforting. Like I'll be honest, I think I would sacrifice most behind the scenes documentaries if it if it meant you get commentaries like. 
I think I mentioned on the show a couple of weeks back that apparently, like, there's an iTunes exclusive commentary for Kong Skull Island. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do wonder if that's because they have to press these discs, like, so far in advance of release that maybe it's just like Jordan Voigt Roberts got some time in his schedule and he was like, yeah, all right, then fuck it, I'll do a commentary. And then iTunes are like, all right, we'll have that. Well, that, I, remember, I remember a while ago um, seeing an interview with um, Guillermo del Toro, uh, and it was in it was in Spanish, and they were asking him about um, commentaries and things like that, and asking if he enjoyed doing them, and he said um, that he, he really enjoyed doing them. He said, but what? He, and he said at that point, he said, I can't understand why we don't have picture in picture ones, and this is what he means. Well, why they can't have me? Or whoever, or you know, wouldn't you like to? He said, wouldn't you like to have Steven Spielberg sat in a cornery TV, TV there on a sofa watching Jaws, telling you what what was happening at that time? And I start. Do you know what? Yeah, I'd I'd happily have that. You know, I'd have to have have it or not have it. You don't have to have it on. You can just have it the audio only, or you can have that on. They've tried that kind of thing, though, because, I mean, like, I remember the DVD and I'm assuming the Blu-ray for Men in Black had, like, a Telestrata commentary where it was, like, um, Barry Sonnenfeld and I think maybe the DOP on that film were, like, literally highlighting shit on the screen. And I seem to remember there was something similar with the original Ghostbusters DVD. And then... um, Zack Snyder for the for the ultimate edition of Watchmen, even though I think this was the US Blu-ray only, there was like a maximum movie mode thing, which Warner Brothers did on a on a few things around that time, where it was mm. literally like him on screen, like kind of while the film was going, and then like it it it, it would it be him like showing like storyboards and animatics yes. and shit like that while the film was running. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Um, you know, and it's just, I suppose it's just resource. You know, it's its like, again, do they have, like, is it in their budget these days for the home release versions of these things to do that when sales are declining in the way that they are? But then I'm assuming digital sales are hopefully going up, maybe not equal to, but hopefully by, by a good margin. But then, you know, it, it's... I don't know, Netflix just... People just do Netflix and Amazon Prime now. Well, actually, the the, the biggest... Um, I, I was reading a thing about this that was talking about um, how all this works. We will get to Baby Driver in a minute, I promise people. Uh, but it, it said that, that if you take away... Um, it, it said it's based on metrics, it said um, film. And if you just take film and you take TV out of the equation... It said that the increase in people renting um, digital movies has been astronomical in the past two years. Yeah, I can see that. And is the saying that for every, if you take away the ten percent of the highest Netflix users uh, of, that watch films, if you take away the top ten percent. The other, and you just take the the, 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 the next ninety percent down. He said, "It is literally for every three movies that are watched on Netflix, one is rented via iTunes, um, 
the Sky On Demand or Amazon On Demand or um, BT UView or whatever it's called or anything like that, all these different services that people have, it's three to one, which I was amazed about. It said that if you take that top percent, it drops down to about eight to one, which is still really quite high. But it is, you know, it's it's that thing, um, and you know, there's, there's there's also the thing of torrenting has gone down. The torrenting levels have, have decreased so much because everything's available so quickly. You know, now I mean, you, you look at the with Netflix and Amazon Prime, fucking Free State of Jones has just arrived on um, Amazon Prime. Amazon yeah. Prime. Yeah, no, you know, yeah. and I the thing is, I I, I wouldn't mind watching it. Um, and but I wouldn't go and see it at the cinema, but I can now watch it on Amazon Prime. And do you yeah, know what? That... It, it might be six months until I watch it, but I can still watch it. Yeah, that fucker was out. What I think October because yeah. I, yeah, no, it was because I remember listening to Kermode review it when I was doing the half marathon, and that was October. So that's what like eight months. It's quick. Like it's eight, quick. nine months. I mean that that is quick. I mean fucking Tony Erdman being on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Like that fucker like literally got a cinema release in like January, February, and it was on Amazon Prime before it was out to buy physically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's and Patterson as well. You know, same thing with that. Even though I think I think both of them maybe had an element of Amazon Studios involvement in them, but still it it's that's okay. Yeah, I mean that's the impression. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to to, to those bits in a minute because we're gonna we're gonna drive down Baby Road, uh, which sounds weird now I say it out loud. Um, yes, it's it the new Edgar Wright film uh, starring Ansel Elgort, Kevin Spacey, Lily James, John Banahal is in there with John Hamm, Jamie Fox, uh, and some other kind of it's that guy from that thing uh, faces. Uh, plot. Uh, Ansel Elgott plays Baby, who is a getaway driver who works for Kevin Spacey. We find out very quickly that he's doing it to pay off some kind of debt uh, from that. Remember, guys, we are all spoilers all the time, so once we get into our review, we will spoiler it. Um, he has tinnitus. Um, because of this, he listens to music pretty much constantly to drown out that ringing in his ear or the hum in the drum, as Kevin Spacey calls it. Uh, it's your typical one last job film. Um, Ian, Baby Driver, what did you think? Uh, yeah, it's good. Um, it's good. Um, there's stuff in it that I think works really, really well. Um, I think there's stuff in it that doesn't work nearly as well. Um, yep. And I left it reasonably satisfied, though it was hard to not be let down given the early word on it, uh, if I'm if I'm absolutely honest. It's... It's I don't it's a a couple of it's a casting choice and a couple of drafts away from being great. You see, I, I'm a I'm a very similar opinion, but I think for different reasons. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Oh no, no, go on, go on. Yeah, um, 
I would say I, I think it's fair to say that out of the two of us, um, you're the bigger Edgar Wright fan. Uh, for sure, um, yeah, I think I Scott Pilgrim versus the World is fucking fun, uh, amazing. Like, whereas, whereas for me, it is nails down a fucking chart bar. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, uh, um, uh, even though I think we were both pretty let down by the World's End, though. We we were. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot more on a second watch. Is what I'll say about World's End. I enjoyed End. it more on a second watch. Yeah, not a lot more, but more. Yeah, that's what I would say. I'd say I enjoyed it more. Um, it, it took me three watches to actually finally get on with um, Shaun of the Dead, and now I do think it is, it's a cracking movie. Um, and I've watched Hot Fuzz once and never watched it again. I like Hot Fuzz. I think I enjoyed it, though. But I just have no interest in never watching it again. Okay. <laughs> so, make of that what you will. Um, so, yeah, so I went into it. I like the trailers. Um, I like the word about it. Um... I liked the fact that it was removed from... It, it didn't seem to have any of his comfort castings within it. It seemed like he was very much going out and doing a little bit of going, right, I, I need to make this fucker land. Because Scott Pilgrim, it landed, to be fair. It, it, did, it did very well. It was very well received and it did very well. The World's End, to finish up the Cornetto trilogy, didn't... didn't satisfy people and he had the stuff with Ant-Man so this I think this kind of had to really work for him otherwise it could have gone all a bit wrong and he could have ended up directing episodes of fucking Doctor Who in three or four years time like literally I yeah I mean like he if this didn't if this failed uh, at least commercially like he would be having to take jobber roles for at least the next couple of films Exactly, yeah. So I was kind of like I was pulling, I, I was pulling for it, thinking, Do you know what? It looks interesting. I like it. It did look a little bit like it was dry for somebody who really liked Nintendo. Um, <laughs> and then it started, and I, I'll admit, the first, the opening scene, the opening heist, did make me think, oh fuck, I'm not going to get on with this. I'm really not going to get on with this. And then you had the, the credits scene, the fact that you've got almost, almost a double credits, and I was thinking, yeah, I'm not going to get on with this. And then I just started to fall into it and was like, yeah, do you know what? I'm actually really, I, I'm really kind of enjoying this. I'm, I, it, it, it's a fun little world to be in. Um, and everybody's such a different to play. It's not... It, it, it keeps itself at one level. It doesn't keep on dipping up and down. Um, and I'd say overall, I really enjoyed it, with the exception of the last 15 minutes. Mm. In the sense that... It doesn't it, end it, with a fucking car chase. Well, no, but it should. What The thing is, I'm watching it going, no, stop, stop. Stop, stop, stop. Now, credits go. And somebody grab Edgar Wright and go, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Go away. Stop shooting. Stop shooting. Because essentially, we've got a fucking great sequel. And you're fucking it up. You're literally, you're going, no, no, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. No, 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 no. Leave it there because it's great up to this point, and then you've got a fucking sequel where we are all spoilers all the time. Where Ansel got Baby and Deborah go off, and you get 
a fucking deranged John Hamm is tracking them down. I actually want to see that movie more than the movie I just watched. And they don't. They kill it off in a, in a, in a rush, and it just felt like, ah, you've given me this really fucking cool character, and you've taken him away from me. Why? And it just, it, it all falls back into the thing of, for a start, we have to cover the fact is, why isn't John Hamm a fucking huge star? Like a properly fucking huge Clooney Brad Pitt level star. It, it, um, it baffles me. I, I cannot get my head around it. He spent the last couple of years trying to be a comedian. Um, but he's actually quite funny, I think. He's, he's quite funny. Yeah. But I think I think he's cracking in this. I, I think he's, he's really, really good. And like he makes that turn from almost kind of like potential buddy of babies to absolute sworn enemy. I think he he does that turn better than the writing would have it be because Absolutely, literally, yeah. literally. Like the writing is like right, he's a good guy, he's a good guy, and then his girlfriend's like, oh, you know, but he's got a darkness to him, and you know, he could he could snap, and then she dies, and then he snaps, and it's like, well, fucking right, really, okay, fine, but then he he sells the the psych the the break the psychotic break, um, well, not not I mean, not really even psychotic, like because he. I don't know, he knows what he's doing and that scene in the cafe with Baby kind of before it all kicks off in, in, in the cafe is really, really well done. Yeah. Um, it, but... it, it, the, the whole thing felt a little bit a little bit more controlled by a Garite. There was less there was less style of the substance with it. I felt like there was a lot. There was a lot of substance in this. I disagree. It, um, yeah, I, I, I thought there's more substance in this. More substance versus style in this than there is in Scott Pilgrim. Well, the style is the substance in Scott Pilgrim. It's that is all of that film is essentially Scott Pilgrim's worldview. Um, it's kind of almost putting you inside his head and inside this world. But then the style uh, does create the substance, then. Yeah, for Scott Pilgrim, for me, yes. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's 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 a film about a dickhead who becomes less of a dickhead. Yeah. But I mean, what I said like... there is then I think we're both actually in complete agreement of it because I think that if you're getting on with the style of Scott Pilgrim, then the substance is there. If you're not getting on with the style of Scott Pilgrim, then it it isn't creating any substance. No, fair enough. But I mean, with Baby Driver, I think that it's. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think Edgar Wright would say himself that it's quite a derivative plot, um, but and well, and the style is there. But I think he probably like this film was budgeted at thirty two million dollars. Give him fifty five million dollars, and then we'll talk. Like it, it is, it's it's one of those strange things. It is, it, it it's budgeted at thirty four million dollars. But the, the the actuality and the actual thing of this movie is, it's you 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 don't get that cast for thirty four million dollars if they're not going. Kind of want to work there, right? Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, no. I, I mean, I'm sure no one was demanding a payday out of this film. Um, no. I think that, and I'm not, I'm not, 
I'm not decrying the, the film. I mean, like, I think all the money is on the screen. It's mm-hmm. just for the type of film this wants to be, I don't think it's enough money. Um, that that's I think that's why the ending of this film is essentially in a car park and is two cars going at each other. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, it, but I mean, also the, the story, the, the film can't decide who it wants to be the bad guy. It's like, is it Kevin yeah. Spacey because he's dragging baby back in? But no, he has the weirdest fucking sudden about face in the last 20 minutes that you could ever wish to see. Like, it makes it, no sense. It is, um, is that because he's, he's, he's literally, um, to him, he's got, Baby, who he sees as being essentially his good luck charm, his cash cow, um, and he, he actually says it himself, and he's used everything as these little threats towards him. And then I think when he actually realizes that it is, it is it's actually quite a clever line where uh, Baby actually says to him, "I'm not your lucky charm anymore." And then literally seconds later, uh, Deborah comes in and. I could maybe just find his his sudden changes because he actually sees it there in front of him of Kevin Spacey's world is closing in quickly on him and everything's going to go to shit anyway. So what he might as well do is this, it's his last kind of act of fuck it. Why not? Why not give him a fucking chance? I I don't know. I mean, like the first half of this film paints him as this, I'm never letting you get out of this. You're my lucky charm kind of guy. And then he disappears for a bit. And then when he's back, it's, you fucked everything up for me. Like this whole thing's fucked. I never should have trusted you in the first place. I I knew I should have got somebody else, but Hey, do you know what? You you make quite a good couple. So, you know, fuck it. I, 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 it, I, it doesn't sell to me, but then, you know, you got Kevin Spacey, and then it turns into Jamie Fox. Yeah, like that, that, third, that's the character I don't get on it. Yeah, well, yes. I mean, so the first third is Kevin Spacey with a bit of John Bernthal. Yeah. The second third is Jamie Fox with a bit of John Bernthal, and then the final third is John Hamm. And it, it just, I don't, I, it doesn't, it, the, the dots don't connect for me. I'd just like to say, I think I might be kicking back against the fact that there are quite a few people saying this is one of the best movies you'll see this year because it is fucking not. It's not. But it's good. It's not. Um, I think the space thing works. The John Bellantar thing there, it it felt a little bit, he was hardly in it. It was the kind of, he was almost like an opening to say, look, a lot of people feel weird out there. I thought Fox... Jimmy Fox is usually very good in whatever he does. But don't you think he's kind of his whole the whole that whole stick is becoming a little bit samey? It I don't see that much of a difference between the character he plays in this to the character he plays in the horrible boss movies. Yeah, no, he's I was about to say he's motherfucker Jones. Yeah, he is. And not it, playing and for laughs. Yeah, it, it isn't. And it's like he goes from being, you know, kind of professional but a little bit kind of out there uh in the first times to do so just being fucking outright crazy and it's like you need to stop telling us how fucking crazy you are 
um, because it's getting a little bit boring. Especially um, when you've got John Bernthal's character that is essentially kind of filling that role as well, um, except he's just more outwardly aggressive towards Baby. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's all. You, you didn't get on with, and I'm not sure that it was, you got on with, but... Um, Ansel Elgort. I think, yeah, you're, you're, that, that seems to be a bit of a thing with, with you. you. I think you you said he's nowhere near as charming as the lead character in this should be, I think was well, what you he, said. He, he's nowhere near as charming as he thinks he is. And then the well, that is... Thing, that, that, I, I, can, I can agree with that, because have you ever seen an interview with him? Uh, I have seen, yes, I have seen interviews uh, with him. Yeah. And don't be wrong, I, I have nothing against Ansel El, El, Elgar. I've actually quite liked him in everything I've seen him in, but he has a very high opinion of himself, doesn't he? Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I don't really remember. But Default in Our Stars, he's really, really charming in yeah. quite a difficult role. He's almost Manic Pixie Dream Boy in Default yes. in Our Stars. Um, and yeah, he kind of gets away with it. And here, it's like he's got earpods in his ears the entire time, and he wears sunglasses and he likes music. So automatically, he's cool. Even though what you're getting him to say and his whole shtick is not that cool. And the whole him and Deborah thing. I ain't buying it. It's a very, very quick romance. She's a lot cooler than he is, though, as well. Sorry? She's a lot cooler than he is, as well. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, she is. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it's, I don't know, it's almost like the affectations of being cool are there, and they're trying to convince us that that's enough for Baby to be cool. Do you know what I think that is a little bit? Do you know, I think it is, it is a little bit. I think we're too old to understand what cool is now. But Edgar Wright's fucking older than us. Yeah, but he also he has more of a direct line into these people. Oh no! So yeah, no, he's, no, he, no. He, he, he's picked somebody in Ansel Elgar and gone right. Give me. I I don't think Edgar Wright has picked out Ansel Elgar's costume, for instance. I think he's gone. No, I'm not wear that. I'll wear that because it'll look cool. Mm. I, I think it's that. I, I agree that, that, that he's that he he should be more charming. I think the, the weird thing is his physical movements in the film are fantastic. Oh God, yeah. The, I mean, the, the, the scene yeah. where he's on foot chasing away and he's running across those fucking tables uh-huh. and you're watching it going as a as a physical run. Um, it's 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 it, a chase scene. It is fucking it's point break levels of of good, <laughs> which is weird because you've got that. And it is it, it, it it's a great thing of, of of kind of like driving movies of having the on foot chase thing to kind of juxtaposition the the car chasing. And it's a thing that a lot of them have done for years. Um, and that it, it's a it's a very well done one in this. I think that that works. But he's his character is kind of a little bit... It's not quite all over the place, I mean, unfair to say, but it does seem to... I don't think we get enough of of him and Deborah's relationship to see why she would go as fucking deep as she's gone. No, no, I agree. Um, 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I just, I, if he's, if he is, if he is what he's considered to be cool now, then I find that really depressing. But then again, I mean, like Ryan Gosling in Drive was cool. He barely fucking said anything either. There's a lot I mean? of there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities, and like I, I said the thing, like one of my worries was that it was just going to be drive for people who were like Nintendo. Mm. I do think that that is a, there is a little element of that within this, in the fact that it's you've got a lead character drives for a living. You're not really sure the exact reasons for it. He has no affinity towards crime but has obviously got something in his past that's landed him there um, and is quiet but kind of cool with it and there's, there's that and there is certainly that there's no way Ansel Elgort didn't watch Drive and go I need to channel a little bit of that Gosling magic yeah, yeah, no, it's and it, I don't think he does. Um, no, he doesn't. No, it, it's I don't know, and I mean, the soundtrack it's good. Um, I, I, it, fuck, man, I don't think I like this film as much as I thought I did because I even that John Spencer blues explosion track at the start. I I don't know. I mean, I know it was like the the song that got Edgar Wright thinking about this in the first place, but. I would have liked something. I don't know. I would have liked something else. And just I, I, I think you could have picked a better final song than Brighton Rock. But there's that as well. Um, but even yeah. like baby miming to that, the fucking song at the start. I, 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 as soon as that started up, it was like, right, I've got to get in the headspace for this film. But I know I don't like him doing that. Yeah, I was, I was very much like that. That. It, do you know what I felt a little bit like? We've seen that already this year. We saw it with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, there is that as well, yeah. You know, and it did feel a little bit like, oh, that's, you know, he, he, he's going way too over the top. And, it, and I know that what you're doing, trying to do is pull us into it. Let's say I, I was not enjoying that at all. But then as the film started going, I did really try. I think that the stars of the show are um, John Hamm and Lily James. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think John, I think John Hamm's fantastic in it. I was, I've always got on with, with John Hamm, but I thought in this, like you say, his, his turn in a psychotic is fantastic because you, you actually, you get warned about it. And I, I love it when a movie does that. I love it when a movie tells you what's about to happen. Because at that moment, when she says, you know, you, he sees nothing, you still see nothing but black, you know at that moment, ah, so something's going to happen. She's getting killed somehow, whether or not Jimmy Fox kills her or something happens, and he goes fucking crazy. And then you get it, and it's fantastic. I also think she's brilliantly been, I don't know wouldn't it have been better if we didn't have that though if it was just like his girl got killed and he just went off the fucking deep end like would that not be because I, I understand what you're saying like the whole mm. 
I, 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 that does work sometimes to being told something's going to happen. You, you like you've got to kind of store that information for a half hour. But would it not have been better if? literally it came out of nowhere but not not came out of nowhere because it's like well his girlfriend's been fucking murdered no because uh, I, I think it, it's it's very much concentrated rage he goes from being um essentially it it, it points out very clearly that he's that he's doing this to feed a drug habit hmm. an expensive drug habit and an expensive lifestyle it would have just been fucking um grief rage where and it, and it just it wouldn't have played in the same way, whereas it very much, she gets killed and he does the Caesar and then it's a right. And it, it's almost a methodical. He gets up and it's, he, he's been shooting at people beforehand and not hitting them. And then it's right, bang, 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 bang. And it, it, it's, it's a focus, it's a rage focus rather than that, rather than just a rampage. And it, it, it works, for, or for me anyway, um, it works better, the fact that it, it's, it's that clear focus. And it's, it's also harping back to the fact that this isn't a guy who's a career criminal like Jimmy Fox is, or you don't know, but it is very much pointed out that you know, he's, he's being successful in everything he's done in some way, but he's always been the his own worst enemy in things that he's done. I do think he's the most interesting fucking character in the whole thing. And I hope that Baby Driver does fantastically well and that somebody nudges Edgar Wright and goes, you might, I know you don't like doing sequels, but you might want to think about, did he die? Yeah, I, I'm certainly not bothered for a sequel to it. Um... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, I hope he does well because I've like, I'd like, I've liked most everything that Edgar Wright's done previous to this, um, and I think that when it's on, it's on. You know, the action direction I think is fantastic, and it's all obviously real cars and stuff like that, and some of the song choices are brilliant. Um, and like you say, I mean, I I really like John Hamm in it. Um, I thought John Bernthal was was really good while he was on. You're right, Lily James was cooler than Ansel Elgort. It just it didn't it didn't have the effect on me that it seems to have had on other people. But I don't think it's not universally um, praised. Like on Letterboxd, there are people kind of saying. Yeah, it's it's good, but calm down. And Which I agree with. I I I thoroughly agree. With. I saw a, a thing somebody put out a poll thing on um on Twitter. I didn't take part in it because the the structuring of the poll was terrible. Um, and they put it out, and there's there's four categories, and it's a baby driver ten, eight nine, four to seven, and one to three. No, and zero to three. And I thought. I'm at a four or seven, but that but if I put that, it means I'm basically saying it's somewhere between four and seven. I don't. I think it's actually somewhere between seven and eight, but I'm not quite eight to nine. Um, and I think that's it. It's. I'm looking forward to rewatching this. To be honest, I'm looking forward to, to watching it again. Would I go and see it again this week? No. But when it comes out, or when it lands on Netflix, or it lands on my Skybox or anything like that. 
the minute it comes out, I'll be very much like, bang, let's give this a go. Or if it comes on iTunes uh, and I'm feeling a particularly good mood when it arrives on iTunes and it's 9.99, I'll go, do you know what? Fuck it. I'll happily pay 9.99 for that. And it'll be a buy. Bex, let's watch this because yeah, I think you might enjoy it. She really likes Scott Pilgrim. She likes pretty much everything uh, Edgar Wright's done. Um, so there is there is that to it. Uh, but is it going to be on my best films of the year? No, probably not. If it had ended ten minutes before, if it had ended with, I don't know, when they get away from where's it and they left the car park in that car they couldn't afford with all that effective money and drove off and then we got like I don't know a, a, a cut scene to John Ham sat there in the police cruiser uh, going I'm coming for you baby or something like that or summer I'd have been that's a fucking that's it I'm sold I'm a 9 out of 10 here but it did it, it just went on that little bit too fucking long um, I will say the um the Monsters Inc. gag was um, it was funny. I was I, I fucking fantastic. Heartily. Actually, yeah, stop yeah. fucking quoting Monsters Inc. to me. And it was like I knew I heard that shit from somewhere. It was like <laughs> it, it, it just great. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So we're. I mean, I'm definitely not shit. Clearly. Um, I'm assuming you are as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I am. I am. I am. I am. Um. It. it it's. I mean, I'll watch it again, and I if I go into the film knowing like what to expect now, then maybe I'll get on with it better. Um, I can I, I can see that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but for me at the moment, um, he's done what five films? Yeah. This is four for me. So it's number four. What? So, so just. Uh, how's your uh, right? All right. How's your ra- uh, right ranking go? Okay, so uh, Pilgrim, Shaun of the Dead, uh, Hot Fuzz, uh, Baby Driver, The World's End. Right. We're not counting uh, Fistful of Fingers, are we? In this? Oh fuck me! I've, well, actually, I've never seen it, so. Well, uh, yeah, I'm not counting it to be honest. Uh, I know it's a real film, blah blah blah, but it's not. Kind yeah, of, okay. it is. Let's be honest. It's a bit like, it's a bit like putting following into your Northern thing, isn't it? Okay, I can see that. Yeah, I'm not decrying it. If people like it, fine. But did it get a similar release? No. Um, yeah, for me, Sean, followed by this, followed by Fuzz, because I can't remember it, which means I don't remember disliking it, um, followed by World's End, followed by Pilgrim. Okay, fair enough. I... I do you know what? I, 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 and I genuinely mean this. I wish I liked Pilgrim. And I have tried so many times. I've watched like five times because I've tried and I just don't get on with it. Well, we can't all be the same. No. Um, right, audience-wise, um, yes. definitely not shit. 81%. Mm, fair enough. Touching cloth, 14%. And shit, just five percent. Fair enough. Okay. I'm, well, I'm very interested to see what Edgar Wright's can do next, because this has been a, it's been a success for him. Um, you know, it seems like it's gonna it's gonna do well financially. 
um, and it kind of it, it puts him. I, I think actually, I think actually, I think it puts him in the the highest position he's been in. Uh, yeah, I I think in terms of what he would be able to do next, I I'm one hundred percent. But I mean, like it's looking like it's going to do about thirty million over five days in the US, which is really strong considering the budget and the fact it's an original property in summer. Mm. Um, even though I'm intrigued to see what kind of legs it has because you got Spider-Man next week and War for the Planet of the Apes the week after that and then Dunkirk the week after that. So, you know, it's got some competition. But I, it, I, I think the word of mouth could make it pootle along for a while. And it did. I think it's done just over 3 million quid in, in the UK since... Uh, since Thursday, so that's not bad, you know. Um, it's going to be in the black quite easily. Yeah. Um, like how many times in the how many times over in the black? I don't know, but good on him. Uh, yeah. I, I I I hope he makes a film that I get on with better next time. Uh, and moving on from that um, we're going to go on to The Circle which is described on Wikipedia as a techno thriller of course it is Um, yes Ah. you can already tell what I think about it can't you (laughs) yes uh, well uh, oh oh just wait Uh, directed by James Pondersall um, and it stars uh, it's like Emma Watson Tom Hanks um, John Boyega, apparently. Um, Karen Gillan, uh, the guy from Boyhood, Patton Oswald, um, Bill Paxton, Glenn Headley, who I think are both must be in their final roles. Yeah, which was, I, I, I thought it was a little bit. Ah, wow! Both of her parents are since deceased. That's morbid. Um, yeah, it, it was released cinematically in America in April and did. All right, not well, but not it didn't bomb by any stretch of the imagination, did it? Really? Um, I thought it did. Eighteen million budget so far, and it's grossed over thirty million. So yeah, it, it's not made a profit, but it's not made like three million or anything crazy like that. Uh, but for a film that's got Tom Hanks, Tom as Hanks, Emma Watson, and John Boyega, I don't know, man. Like it should be doing more than that. Well, Boyega, really, Star Wars aside. It has nothing to him, does he? Let's be honest. Mm. Um, and Emma Watson has a checkered kind of, you know, it, it's Beauty and the Beast was always going to make money, no matter what. I think that it, it's. I still think people don't go and see the next uh, Emma Watson movie. Um, so I, it, it was, it was, it was, it was strange that it ended up on Netflix in the uh, in European markets. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh... Um, however, however, <laughs> you can kind of see why. Um, so it is um, set absolutely not in Google slash uh, Apple campuses, um, but. Emma Watson gets a job through her friend Annie, played by Karen Gillan, at a place called The Circle, uh, which seemed to do tech products, it would appear. Um, 
and also run this campus where everything is um, interactive and as big a part of your actually doing your actual physical job is you actually socializing with everybody because that creates metrics which creates um, marketing which creates a kind of dynamic they can look at and blah 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 blah. Um, and Ian what do you think of the circle fucking terrible piece of fucking bobbins um yeah no it's um i was i was i was quite looking forward to it to be fair um james ponsalt did spectacular now that film's great haven't seen the end of the tour but i hear good things dave eggers you know fucking wrote the adaptation of where the wild things are uh that film's great uh this feels like it feels like a film that got taken away from the filmmakers and had some like random uh, editor just. Oh my god! I'm glad you said that. Sorry. I'm glad you said that. Why do you agree? Uh, you know what I, I, I? Well, I messaged uh, Ian on our WhatsApp um, when he 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 messaged about. I'm saying you finished watching the Circle, and I said I'm responding and said actually I watched it in two parts. I said, I'm about half an hour in, but I've already got shit to say. That was it. it it's it's like we're missing like big parts of the film. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, not like, not, like, not like we're missing like an hour, an hour's been cut out, but like we're missing maybe of the entire film, half an hour, 40 minutes, but of key fucking scenes. And also as well... Um, Bex hadn't, before I watched it, Bex hadn't seen the trailers or anything like that. So, before I watched it, she said, oh, can we just watch the trailer? So I watched the trailer, did she direct it before we started watching it? And I'm watching the film and going, all right, but that's different in the in the trailer. Like, the wording that happens in that scene is completely different in the trailer. If, if that's I, fucking weird. If I remember correctly right, the trailer seems to portray it as she starts working for this company, and then this company kind of basically, like, clo- like almost, like, close in on her. Yeah. And, and, like, just make her all paranoid and whatnot. Um, and, then, and then her and John Boyega kind of bring it down from the inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas... The actual film itself is essentially about Emma Watson becoming a terrible human being, getting into a kayak like incident. In, in, in one of the most terribly shot scenes in a what is, you know, a mid budget movie, but. It's a big budget movie that stars Emma Watson and Tom Hanks. I've ever seen. You but can't. I mean, you can hardly make out what the fuck's going on. But I mean, it was like, no, absolutely. But then also, like, you got John Boyega talking to her, like taking her down to that bloody like area where all the like the servers or whatever are going to be for like surveilling people. Yeah. And, like, get, like telling her this is all really creepy. This is all horrendous stuff. And then he disappears for the next hour. And then she basically just continues to drink the Kool-Aid anyway. Because that whole thing about her going transparent, it was yeah. like, right, so is she, like, trying to take him out from the inside? And that, But then she's got the idea about, like, forcing everyone in the world to have a Circle account. And it's like, 
it, it is it is like the, they've got they've got two movies that's the same movie but it's trying to peddle a different agenda but then they've just made one movie out of the same thing with and like half seems, the scenes from one and half the scenes from the other yeah. or something yeah, and it, it seems it seems to be saying oh look look you want everything you want everything that's private at the moment you know made public well this is what will happen and you're watching it going I don't want that I don't think anyone wants that. I don't think anyone wants that. What 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 are you trying to tell me right now? And it, it, it's like it, it's it's trying to almost do like a techno thriller, which is a fucking retarded fucking subgenre um, uh, acronym. It's trying to do a techno thriller Hanukkah, but not understanding what Hanukkah does at all. And it's trying to tell me off, and I'm going, right, okay, but I'm. I'm actually on your side, but way before that, I never thought this was a good thing. Um, I think she's a terrible person. I think that Mercer is a little bit of a prick. And I'm kind of thinking, none of you people are, are actually are actually good people. John Boyega, oh, what, you invented this fucking you thing, but then you still turn up at campus every single fucking day and are doing nothing about it. You essentially took her down there to try and get laid and it didn't work. It backfired and then you had to make up some bullshit. The only person who you like out of of all of it is Karen Gillan's character and she goes from being high-powered and doing all this and I'm loving this, I'm loving this, I'm looking fantastic to looking like shit in a scene. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like... I'm frazzled and blah blah blah, and then all of a sudden she's gone back to Scotland to get over her speed addiction. But what? That, but that's the thing. Like you'd think it was gonna be that, like because she say like she's the one who says like I'll you know when she's, Emma Watson's talking about the everybody registering for the circle, and she's like this is such bullshit, and then leaves, and then suddenly it's. I'm so, like I think her next scene is that Skype call where it's like I'm yeah. so sorry about Mercer I was an awful friend and it was like well you've kind of been an awful friend but not for that reason because you haven't like shaken your friend repeatedly saying what the fuck are you doing like turning the circle into this or like fascistic authoritarian state that you know it's just like what and then I mean you know, Tom Hanks and Patton Oswalt just kind of going along with it. But then it's like, it's not even like they were trying to make her say these ideas. She's coming up with it off her own back. and then, But then her friend gets killed, which is kind of like part of it due to her. Yeah, she had some onstage jitters, but she could have just been like, I'm not, no, I'm not doing this. No. Instead, she goes through with it. Her friend gets killed. It's tangentially Hanks and Oswalt's fault, but it's almost like in her grief, she has completely put the focus on them and then tries to make them go down in flames, despite the fact that there's barely been any time on screen spent with Hanks and Oswalt where they've been doing anything dodgy. Yeah, and and Hanks kind of Oswald runs off putting his fucking hand over the the camera, despite the fact that he's hardly said anything. And Hanks kind of goes, "I like this. Well played, well played, you." And it's a little bit like that, but also as well, we were playing into a similar problem that 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 you had with um, 
with Baby Driver in of Emma Watson isn't anywhere near as charming as people seem to think she is. She comes across as a little bit uppity a lot of the time, which worked well for her in uh, Beauty and the Beast because she's played a character that's supposed to come across as uppity. Whereas everything else she does, she always comes across as a little bit like she's stood in any room she's in and she looks around it and goes, well, I'm better than everybody here. But yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. Like, are you supposed? Is the viewer supposed to identify with her? I'm I'm assuming so. But then by the end of the film, like she's saying we're gonna make the circle better. But twenty minutes ago, she was talking about everybody having a circle account, and I don't think Mercer's death it would stop that character. For him still saying everyone should have a circle account, it's just maybe we won't fucking send drones after people. Like, she says at the end, like, oh, we're going to make this a better company. It's like, well, hang on. Who are you in this company? You're not... You're not one of the big people. You're essentially someone that they they brought out for PR, and now you're this... What, you're the head of the company? And... Like, because the thing is, even if there was, like, a shot of John Boyega at the end going, like, oh, fuck, what have I done? Then I'd yeah. maybe understand it a bit more. If this was actually the tale of the creation of a monster, then yeah. I, you know, fair enough. But by the end of this film, it's like, I genuinely don't know what this film wants me to think about this person, but everything is signposting towards we're supposed to like her, and I don't get how. Yeah, she, she's she's essentially, she's the... Yeah. Like you said, she, she kind of, she is the, the person who kills fucking Mercer. Quite literally, you know, she comes up with this idea and... Uh, at no point do I think there's anybody in the entire film that you seem to kind of get on with. And the circle, the whole thing of the circle is, oh, it's it's got eyes on everybody all of the time. Yet there's not yet people can just literally wander anywhere they want, whenever they want, within the actual circle. Oh, they can go down at this highly restricted area. Just oh, I probably shouldn't be showing you this, but look. Here's this. It used to be the subway. And now, look at it. It, it fucking still looks like the subway, I'll be honest. This will be where all of people's information is. I shouldn't have shown you this. Let's go. What? Have I missed something? Yeah. You you, you go from from being from hiding wine in bushes for no reason at a party that you don't really like to trusting her to come and show her the abandoned fucking subway where everyone's personal information is going to be that you invented and they turned your thing into this, to, oh, no, I, I probably shouldn't have done this. To it, It's just, it's a fucking mess of a movie. Yeah, I, it's... Whoever, it, 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 like you say, it does feel like it was... It was taken away from the director very kind of like very early. They went just shoot this bit, shoot this bit, shoot this bit. But I, 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 there'd been none of that scuttle. But you know, it just yeah. it seems like this was the film that they were making, uh, and it, it's I just don't get what they were going for. Yeah, 
I, 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 I don't get it either. It, it also, it's not the transparency thing is not even. I would like, a, like to have a little bit more explanation into that because it seems like the transparency thing was she had to be transparent and her parents had to be transparent as well, but that wasn't explained. But it's like, how does it, how does it work? But my first point when I thought that was, so what does she do when she showers? Mm. What happens there? What happens if she gets a boyfriend? Does she have to say to said boyfriend, oh, by the way, every time we get our fuck on, it's going to be broadcast to my five million viewers? Mm. How, how does the, the kind of the advisory thing work on that? Is it, does it exist? Anything like that? I get the fact that she gets three minute toilet breaks. Fuck out. If I want to go to the toilet, I, I don't be tired. It could take two seconds, it could take an hour. I don't want to be going, right, go, three minutes. What? After three minutes, does the thing just come back on? And if she hasn't finished, tough shit. I, uh, Literally, I, tough well, shit. Well, yes, quite. The one I had yesterday. Um, <laughs> it, it's, um, I don't know, I mean, like, just some of the direction given to the actors and whatnot as well, it's that fucking scene oh, where those two people come over and start berating her for not campus all day and like the whole kind of like oh no you know it's it no of course it's it, it, it's not mandatory of course it's not no 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 but you can't you know but you gotta and just the way those two actors act that scene it's the di- I mean, it was the, the direction given to them. I don't know what the fuck that was, and even like just the way that like the Steve Jobs or Tim Cook esque thing presentations that Tom Hanks gives, and the way that like everyone is pissing themselves after every single line, and like people are just constantly shouting out at him. It's like I watch a lot of Apple keynotes, and they're not. They're just. They're not like that. Everybody they're, they're more room, professional than that. Yeah, I mean that's yes, and everyone in that room like really like respects Tim Cook and whatnot. You don't get them shouting out. You might get the odd joke, but it almost felt like Tom Hanks was doing some sort of dad stand up during those things, and it just like just the, the laughter in the room just felt really off. I just uh, and also also as well I didn't get right it at all. Yeah, well, also, the, and this may seem like I'm picking a little bit, but, right, you've got, she's gone transparent, so everything she's doing is being broadcast on the cloud, right? So why are people videoing it? Oh, that's the point. Why, why is there so many of you in that audience going, I'm going to video this. I'm going to video this. Because what? Are you going to show it to your friends? Who's going to go, yeah, I fucking know. I was watching it in fucking HD, not on your shaky fucking video over people's fucking heads. It's the same thing in a roundabout way as to why if somebody gets their phone out to shoot a gig that I'm at, I'll say to them, why are you doing that? Nobody wants to see your shitty fucking shaky cam thing. Whenever somebody gets out their phone and goes, oh, look, I went to see the blah, look, this is them, it's like, no, that's you holding a fucking phone up at a gig rather than watching it. Mm. Yeah. So it, it, it's that. 
why? It, it just the whole fucking thing feels like it was trying to be really fucking clever and really kind of like show a shine a light on the way that we use social media and the way that we put everything online and anything like that. But it was actually pointing at the bits that we already go. Yeah, I'm not gonna put that online. I'm not gonna put that online. I don't want that online. It's pointing out problems that aren't actually there. I just, I, don't, I, I just like the whole idea that Hanks and Oswald never like thought. Well, hang on, we're asking everybody else to go transparent. Maybe someone will, you know, publicly ask me to go transparent. That be that. That be the first fucking question, wouldn't it? It yeah. It would. It wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like when. Tom Hanks is like, oh, she's got a May's got an announcement to make. She's May should just be like, and Tom Hanks is as well. You know, it's like I, I don't know, man. It's just, but also as well, right? <sighs> They're not going transparent. She's taking away, and the thing is, you, you can't, right? You can't publicly pro. Um, publish all emails and things like that for everybody it doesn't work you know there are security issues for people <laughs> mm. and i know that it's trying to shine out of that but what emma watson and john fucking boyega in the background because they've gone and they only had him for like three days and just got him to film scenes standing around drinking or they decided they just didn't fucking like him or whatever. Um, it, it's what they did is illegal <laughs> because the, the people who've sent those emails haven't authorized to have their emails published, have they? Hmm. And they'll there will be sensitive information on those. So what she's done is just commit committed a mass identity fraud. And breach of and also well she works for the circle so that's the breach of the data protection act right there and fucking then so yeah she she literally she got out of there and got arrested that second yes yeah it's let's, shit. let's have that ending <laughs> yeah should have happened it, 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 it's a shitty film and I can see why they went ah fuck it let's just have to Netflix because because it if if critics get a hold of this. They could tear it the fuck apart. Yeah, that's the. I, I mean, I, I, the thing is, you know, I, I, I was interested in seeing this film. Absolutely. You know, I do not begrudge my a part of my monthly subscription towards this because I'm oh, going to watch that. a lot of. Uh, I, I mean, Christ, the thing we're going to talk about in a minute, I would, I would happily pay the whole month subscription just for that. So it's not Netflix know. fault. It's shit. Sorry. It's not Netflix fault. It's shit. No, quite. So you know, you know, I, I, mean, I got to watch this for part of my six nine nine a month subscription, um, rather than paying a tenner to go and watch it at the cinema and thinking it was shit. Uh, the thing is, I never, even if I go to the cinema and watch something and think it's shit, I never begrudge giving it my money because I've chosen to go and watch it. And part of the fucking the, the contract you make with cinema is that occasionally you might not get on with stuff. Mm. That's, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a, that's a mature way of putting it, it man. It's, it's quite correct. And, I mean, you know, for Netflix, they now get to say it's slightly skewed, but they have a Tom Hanks and Emma Watson starring film that is a Netflix original, in quotes. Yeah. You know, it's um, which looks impressive. So It does. And 
do you know what? People might get on with this. Maybe people younger than us. That's the thing. I mean, like people who are kind of like in Emma Watson's like fan demographic might have a decent time with this. Or people that are older than us. There you go. You know, people but, uh, if people who, who who don't have um, social media accounts or highly active social media accounts or anything like that, and don't have an already t- tapped in source, this might look at it and go, "Well, that's why I don't have a fucking Facebook. That's why I don't join this Twitter Snapchat thing." And everything like this, and they might get that out of it. And the people younger than us who have who literally share their entire fucking existence on Snapchat might look at it and go, "Well, maybe I won't Snapchat fucking everything because maybe it's not wise to." Mm. And I have to tell people that I that I kids that I have that work for me, right? You can't Snapchat from work. I don't know how you don't understand this. But you can't. I'm like, oh, why? Okay. <laughs> what was it with that response? Because I'm paying you a fucking work. Yeah, yeah. Not a fucking Snapchat. Uh, so, yeah, so I had that. Well, interestingly enough, uh, so where are you with it? I'm, I'm shit. It's shit. Oh, oh uh, it's one of the worst films I've seen this year. Uh, yes, it is terrible. me. Um, our audience reception to it is. Definitely not shit. Zero percent. Fucking hell. Wow. I don't think we've ever had that. No, I was going to say, that might be a first time. Touching cloth, 13%. And shit, 87%. How many votes was that? It's only eight. But... It That's like seven and one, isn't it? That's like one middling seven shit. Fucking yeah. hell. That's, that, that's, like, that's like one guy went... Say shit. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, it is quite amusing that actually. Um, so um, I'm moving on to I would say the the most um, not high profile of, of, of the three we're reviewing, but the most expected of three that we're reviewing um, is the uh, Bon Joon Ho um, Netflix original proper Netflix original made for Netflix film. Um, co-written by John Ronson, uh, who, interesting enough, put out a thing on Newsnight uh, the other night talking about Netflix's place in cinema. What he basically said, came out and said, look, uh, Ultra doesn't get made yeah. without Netflix. You know, it's a film that's half in Korean that is pointing a fucking finger at big businesses and the meat industry. It, this film, quite simply, without Netflix, does not get made. Don't think that it does. It doesn't. Netflix are giving money to these people to make these passion projects and are allowing them the freedom to do it because Netflix, and he said, you know, Netflix, they are a movie studio. They're a tech company, effectively. So they go, fuck it, no, you know what you're doing with movies, you make it. There you go, there's the money you wanted. Which is unheard of. And he, he basically said, you know, that Netflix essentially are, are giving an element of freedom of filmmakers not seen since the 70s when, you know, you had filmmakers like De Palma and Coppola and Spielberg and Scorsese making what now, you know, you would think were independent movies and they weren't. They were fucking studio movies. 
you know, the the new American fucking revolution in seven in the seventies cinema wasn't populated by independent cinema. It, it was populated by studios going, fuck it, give them the money. They're in my club group, we'll give them the money. It, it, you know, and that's kind of what we're getting with Netflix, with the exception of the there's probably not as much cocaine and sitting around in beach houses as there was then. Um, so yeah, Ultra, the um, huh? More's the pity. More's the pity. Yes, the the, the 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 fucking easy riders, fucking raging bulls, the um, easy streaming, raging data connections, data fucking usage um, <laughs> that'll get written about this will be fucking boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, t- stars. Fucking hell, this cast is incredible. Tillis Winton, Paul Dano, um, Joy Hombo, uh, Lily Collins, Shirley Henderson, um, Giancarlo um, Esposito, and fucking Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> yes, Jake fucking Gyllenhaal. Um, so Ocha is about, it starts in 2007, uh, where the newly appointed CEO of Miranda Corporations, uh, played by... Tilda Swinton uh, announces that the company has has found and is developing this super pig um, that they're going to give 26 of them to different farmers across the world and they're going to have a whole competition and in 10 years time they're going to see who's raised the best super pig and that this pig will leave a small economic footprint it will uh, revolutionise eating essentially and it will give hunger because it's this huge fucking pig Right, and then we fast forward ten years later, and we have Misha and Ocha have formed a friendship, and then things run from there. Ian Ocha, uh, what did you think? Uh, it's bloody brilliant, Ace. Um, your usual South Korean wacky change of tonal kind of stuff, um, but I thought it worked well here. Um, also shorter than a lot of south korean films um, it's it, it, it's it's sub two hours which is amazing yeah. I, i'm amazed by that that and, and there is one actual moment where i actually and this is a great thing about netflix not the cinema i actually had to pause because i couldn't stop laughing so much what scene was that well, i'll let you finish your bit and that, that i'll come to it okay interesting um yeah no i mean it's it's funny, it's charming, it's upsetting, um, it's mental, it all hangs together really well. Um, Ocha itself is a fantastic creation, CG is pretty fucking spot on throughout. Um, the girl who plays Misha is, is great as well, um, and the, the cast of characters around here are all, all, are all just completely committed seem to key into what uh, Bong Joon-ho is going for here and just absolutely rinse it. Um, I was very, very taken with Okja, uh, I must say. I- I'm intrigued to see what you think. Yeah, it's fantastic. It, it really is. Um, it's it-, it-, it captures, like you said, that the-, the that tonal shifts uh, that um, that Korean cinema so often has, it, it captures that fantastically, um, and it, it 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 it's a lot more, it's a lot more the host 
um, that it is something like uh, Mother or uh, Snowpiercer. Um, there's a lot more kind of levity to it. If for saying that, for, for how um, how biting um, and how visceral it can be at points, there is a lot more levity in it than something, for instance, like. Snowpiercer, which is quite a an oppressive film to watch, a mother, which is quite a claustrophobic film to watch, and even Memories of of, of Murder, uh, which is a fantastic movie. I don't think it's mentioned anywhere near enough. Um, it, it does feel more inclined to the to something like the, the, the Horse, which again is a, is another fantastic movie. It, it, it's strange to look back at his career and say, you know, he had a fantastic CV back there. Um, when it, but I think the the levity helps to the fact that when it wants to fucking gut punch you, it, it really it really fucking does. Um, and I watched it with uh, all three of us watched it. Me, Becky, and Isabel watched it this afternoon. Um, and it's got it's weird. Uh, all spoilers all the time, guys. Um, it's got possibly one of the most harrowing rape scenes in cinema in yeah, the way that it's shot eyes. yeah um and it's not between people it's it, it, it's incredible it, it, it's an incredible way to turn around and fucking shine a light on something that you don't normally look at um the performances are all fantastic, like you say. The CGI is the whole filmmaking um, process is, is 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 fantastic, but also as well, it does. Fuck it, I'm not gonna fucking lie. Um, currently, I can smell wafting through my house now um, the park that I put in after I watched Archer um, <laughs> for slow roasting. Just not even once become a fucking vegetarian or anything like that. Um, but it does. It does sort of shine light on things, and it does it, it it does give over the the message that the people that are making the film want to put over. Um, it's spectacularly entertaining, whilst also being very biting. Um, you've got fantastic performances. Tilda Swinton's always very good in stuff. I do think she needs to dial it down sometimes. Um, but and in this, I think uh, to a fraction, I think it could do with dying down a little bit, but then again, I think it fits within the film. I think Gyllenhaal's fantastic. Yeah. And I know a few people seem to have problems with, with, with Gyllenhaal in it and said that it, it, it's too much. I think it's it's just, it's the right balance of, of he's, he's gone down a road that he should never have gone down and he can't quite work out what to do with it. And I think he seems to be the the, the, the most broken character within the whole fucking thing. Um, Paul Dano's fantastic in this and perfect casting in it. I was, the only point I was a little bit, oh, fuck, I wish he'd done something that he doesn't do um, in it, uh, is the bit when he comes out of prison. I was hoping there he was going to peel off the beard and take off the rest of his outfit and he was just going to be in a black suit again. Uh, yeah, okay. Because the, the moment when he comes out and he's in the bellhop uniform and he takes off the hat and places it on, he doesn't throw it away. He puts everything 
calmly down on things. Mm. He's he's effortlessly fucking cool in it. it, it it's a it's wonderful casting. But the moment uh, where it got me where I, I couldn't stop laughing was when they're talking to May in the um the HGV. Oh, and, okay. And, it, and, it, and he goes, she says, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, she, the, you just did sometimes at the same time. It says, I want to go take Urchin back to the mountains. And he just goes, and goes she says, okay. It, 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 it's the fact that there's literally like zero pause. Yeah, it just says it. It just it, straight away says it. Yeah, no, that, that was great. It killed me. I couldn't stop it to the point of where to the point where I, I, I put I had to pause it, rewind a little bit, and um is is he just turned out of bed and went, I think that kind of broke dad a little bit. <laughs> um but as well the other point of it is um for the last 15, 20 minutes of the movie, um Bex and, and Izzy were both like literally just in fucking streams of tears for the end of it. I'll tell you what man, that fucking shot when the two pigs pushed the little baby pig yeah, out. and it's like I was like, "What are they doing?" And then the dawning realization is like, "Save our child," you know. It's like it, it, just what the fuck. It just um, yeah, I'm kind of tearing up just uh, thinking about that. To be fair, but I, I like how clever Mija is at the end as well. Like she gets. She gets the situation, and it, it's just like, right, okay, you're about commerce. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy this. Uh, like, I'm gonna buy it off you. You know, yeah. like that's the world that she understands. And it was like, you know, at the start, she was trying to get the granddad to to buy it, and it, it's almost like just di- buying things and greed is just universal. Um, That's it. The, the companies have what they can have out of it. It's now just packeted meat. They wouldn't have been able to buy it for the same cost when her granddad said he was he, he bought it. They wouldn't have been able to buy it for that cost because yeah. they've had the spiel, they've had the PR, they've had everything out of it. But now it is just packeted meat and that gold fucking pig is worth more than the packeted meat. Simple yeah. as that. Uh, yeah, and it, do, it does. It does all boil down to to that. It, it, it's a commerce decision. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. You know the fact that like Paul Dano's band of people of misfits are ultimately ultimately kind of successful, but it, it but also not because yes, they take down the Mirando Corporation in its current form. Like with with the, the the almost the good Tilda Swinton character in a way, yeah. but what that's going to unleash, you know, Mija and Okja go back to their home, but the Mirando Corporation that's kind of born out of that is yeah. just it's going to be an like an even worse beast. It, it, it's a, it's a be careful it's, it's a be careful what you fucking wish for. Well, yeah, it yeah is. Exa- exactly. It, it it it's almost like, well, hang on a minute. Uh, uh, hang on a minute, America. Yes, Donald Trump is tweeting memes of him fighting CNN, which is fucking baffling. 
Have you seen yes. this? Oh, yeah, oh God, yes. yeah. It's no, been all over. Yeah, thank no, God. Because I was going to say, if I've just said that, you're going to be thinking, what the hell are you talking about? No, no. Um, I mean, like, fuck, you've man. Got... Someone needs to take his phone away no, from him. No, no, The worst thing you can do is take his phone away from him. Well, Keep yeah. him in his phone, lock him in a room with just a Wi-Fi connection and Twitter on his iPhone, and that's it. Because if he's doing that, he's not doing anything horrible. You know, oh, the, haven't you got a country? No, leave him on Twitter, please. Because if he's on Twitter, he isn't trying to bomb anywhere or take away anybody's personal freedom. So there is that, but it is a little bit like, do you know what? If you fucking, you cut that head off, look who's behind him. Mm. It's Pence, Cruz and Ryan. Are you sure you want that? It's in the same way as, as in the UK at the moment. yes. May's fucking evil. And yes, she's terrible at her job. But unfortunately, every single fucking Tory we've got in the party at the moment jerked off for the first time and continues to jerk off over a picture of Margaret fucking Thatcher. So what we might have if we get rid of May is fucking Davies Gove or Johnson. It literally is like swapping a kick in the balls for a punch in the fucking balls. And Ultra kind of shines a light on that. Well, yeah, Tilda Swinton and Lucy was fucking terrible for this reason, but Tilda Swinton and other one is terrible for all of these fucking reasons. So no matter what, the fucking pigs are getting fucked. Yep. Oh, it's a depressing world, isn't it? Do you know what? It is and it isn't. Because what you've got to look at, and fucking hell, have we gone from Orchard to fucking world views, is, oh, well. yes, the world's fucking depressing, but you've got to create your own fucking world around it, and you've, you've got to look at it and go, there's an element of white noise around it, and you've got to fucking drown white noise out a little bit, and go, do you know what? I can't do anything about that, but I can do things around my immediate environment, and whether or not it's doing something that you love more than doing that, spending more time with your fucking family, or whether or not it's reaching out a little bit more and going, do you know what? I, I, I don't want to create a lovely couple world within myself, which is perfectly fine. It's I want to try and influence the wider community that I've got, and then from there, that might influence the wider community, or it might grow from fucking that. We need to stop getting obsessed with white fucking noise. It's stuff that we... I can't control what fucking Donald Trump's going to do, so why the fuck should it fucking grate at me? It's not... It's not, it's not going to fucking happen. If I turn around... If I fucking retweet fucking Donald Trump and put over the top of it, what are you doing? You're the President of the United States of America. He's not going to look at it and go, oh, do you know what? That corporate of dude and a monkey, he's right. I am the President of the United States. Oh, this is, this is a little bit of me. Do you know what? Do you know what? I'm going to resign. I'm going to resign. This is wrong. I shouldn't be doing this. Right? And it's fine. You know, it, it, it's not going to happen. And yeah, I fucking retweet the thing of Gove and call him odious little man. He's going to look at that and go, yeah, I'm an odious little man. I bet I better just fucking retire. He's not. But it, it was a little cathartic relief for me in that moment to call him an odious little man just in case he does look at it and go, oh, which he won't, but he might. But he won't, but he might. But it is that in the fact that the whole fucking world's obsessed with white noise. And we shouldn't be. Do something. Take fucking care of what you can fucking take care of. Because I guarantee you, the 18 fucking minutes a day that you might spend worrying about fucking Donald Trump, you can 
you can put it into something more fucking tangible. Very good. Sorry, oh, yeah. <laughs> Um Well, yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know. It kind of maybe we've just said our piece on Okja, I suppose, but um, it's. It, it, it looks it, fantastic. Oh, God, yeah. The, Darius Conji. It's fucking to look at. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, I mean, Darius Conji's fucking brilliant anyway. Yes, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I, I like. The, the variety of locations as well is, is fantastic. Like, just how all like all over the place in terms of geographical location it is is great like that that first 15 minutes or so it's almost like a short film in itself is wonderful as well and like lots of fart gags as well which i'm a fan yeah of. Which, which i'm not normally a fan of um but it had the great moment of isabel turning around and going did that pig just shit fish yeah <laughs> i'm like i don't think it did but I can't be sure. Nice. Weirdly, um, do you know what his first um, major film was? Uh, Doris Conji for um, DLP was. Oh, go on. The Okay. Which kind of feels strangely prescient with this. Yeah, movie. doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's quite, I quite, quite, quite like that one. I, just, I, I noticed that. He's also shot some fucking terrible movies <laughs> and some really, really brilliant ones. Like what? What, what have we got there? He shot Wimbledon, the movie Wimbledon. Nice. Yeah. Um, but he also shot um, Seven. Uh, and The Ninth Gate, which is a crap movie, but I do really enjoy it. I quite enjoy that, yeah. I quite enjoy Ninth Gate, actually. That would actually make quite a good commentary, actually. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, um, yeah. Orchard is definitely not shit. It's... If you want to improve for... Um, and the thing is, it, I did see people um, tweeting pictures of cinema tickets for Orchard. Yeah, I've yeah, uh, I think it's isn't it playing like one picture house in London or something or Yeah, I think it's been a couple, I think so I saw somebody no, sorry in Manchester as well. So that made me think, do you know what? It, 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 if I wanted to go and watch The Irishman and I really do want to watch it in a cinema, then um I can. I I I, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. it might be travelling two and a half hours by train. But do you know what? If I care that much, there you go. Mm-hmm. So our audience's view on Ocha um, was, bear me two seconds, I'll just bring it up. Very positive. Uh, definitely not shit, 74%. Touching cloth, 16%. And shit, 10%. Wow, really? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm very surprised that, 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 that people can find that shit. I, I, I suppose I, you, you could take into that the, the tonal shift within the movie, or I suppose the there's the general point of some people could just not get on with it, or this is a movie that, that um, where the, the circle is um, is trying to tell you off, but you're going, I don't know why you're trying to tell me off, I agree with you. I actually agree with you before I to make the point. Ocha is telling you off and you can't... Like, yes, no matter which way you look at it, the barbaric mass farming of animals to eat is is barbaric. It, it is 
not pleasant. But I'm still making my part joint downstairs. Yeah. You know, and, like, and yes, it is hypocritical getting upset during Archer when they're um, stunning these things to death and then just tipping them out and then you've become meat, essentially. It, it, it's just my, my opinion on that has always been that it, if I wasn't, if, if people weren't going to eat meat, they it wouldn't exist. be breeding them anyway. Exactly. That, 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 that's my opinion. And it, it still remains my opinion. And small crumb of fucking comfort is uh, I only buy certain types of meat, we'll say. Uh, I don't... I only buy free-range chicken. I only buy sensibly-reared pork and everything like that. I, I I spend money on food, is what gotcha. I'll say there. Yeah, you know, gotcha. I spend a lot, lot, lot of money. The, the pork... Loin joint that I've got downstairs at the moment uh, did cost me eleven pounds. So, and it's not a massive fucking joint. Fucking hell. Okay. Um, so there, there is that. You know, I when I buy chicken, it's it's not the fucking frozen packs that you can get for like four quid, where you get three kilograms. I get like four chicken rests, and it cost me about nine quid. Nice. So there, there is that. And which I know is no fucking crumb of comfort and there's fucking vegans and vegetarians that they listen to this going, you're a fucking monster. Yes, I am. But it's so fucking tasty. I'll tell you what, you ever tried eating vegan corn? Holy fuck. Oh, oh right, okay. I have. But, but uh, if you're a vegan or vegetarian, please mute for like the next minute or so. Right? Do you know what corn is vegan corn's really good with? If you actually, if you act, no, if you actually mix it with actual like beef or anything like that, and it takes on that flavour, it adds a really good texture into things, and it can taste really fucking nice and have like a different kind of substance to meals. <laughs> so occasionally I do use it in like pastas or shoes and things like that, but only when I'm using meat. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Also, Linda McCartney do a, a mozzarella burger, um, which is amazing on top of an actual burger. <laughs> yeah, which literally is like you're sticking two fucking fingers up at vegetarianism and veganism. And I'm not, but it's just fucking tasty's tasty for me. Yep. So, yes. Um, Ian, uh, what else have you been watching this week? <laughs> Uh, um, I well yeah, uh, Alpha mentioned earlier on uh, Despicable Me three. Um, yep. So, what's this one about? Um, I should know. I watched it about eight hours ago. Um, <laughs> Trey Parker is in it this time. He plays a former child star called Balthazar Bratt, who um, from like it had a show in the eighties where he was basically a bad kid who was like a supervillain kid. And the show got cancelled and he just became a supervillain, basically. So, um, Trey Parker spends... The, his character spends the film sticking 80s songs on, on his Walkman and, I don't know, chucking bubblegum weapons that then blow like up really large and referencing 80s films, um, which I thought... He was all right, but 
it gets old quite fast and it feels absolutely machine tooled to appeal to parents who were brought up in the 80s now taking their kids to see the film yeah yeah like that's basically what his character is there for uh but essentially steve carell's back he plays Groot, um who he gets fired from the anti-villain league that he was working for in the second film because um he lets uh, uh balthazar brat get away uh at the same time, he discovers that he has a twin brother, Drew, also voiced by Steve Carell, who wants to be a villain. So, Drew is tempted back into villainy by the loss of his job and whatnot, and by Drew. Meanwhile, the minions have disbanded from Drew. Because before he tries to take up villainy again, he says, I'm never taking up villainy again. So then they fuck off and they go to jail. And they're not in it as much as you think they would be. Um, which for me is a shame. Well, for everyone, I think it's a shame. Sorry? Let's face it. Nobody gives a fuck about Gru. Despicable Me gets people to go and watch it because of the minions. Yeah, yeah. No, Gru is is possibly the worst leading character to ever get three fucking films. No, you're right. It's yeah. No, you're right. Um, he's not very charming. He doesn't. I don't know. There's not really much to him. It is more about them. And um, Kristen Wiig is uh, Gru's wife, Lucy, who is trying to be a mother to Gru's three adopted kids. Um, I thought so, that even happened. Yeah, there you go. Um, and one of the kids, the one who like likes the fluffy unicorns, tries to find a real unicorn. Um, so there's a lot of stuff happening in this film. Um, and it's, you know, it's fine. It's not for me. Lottie laughed her ass off. And that's what it's there for, really. Yeah. Um, but it's not offensive. It's colourful. Some of the slapstick comedy works quite well. Um, the the end action set piece isn't bad. But yeah, it's Despicable Me. It's just this odd, kind of red-headed stepchild of a kid's cartoon franchise which gets by on the minions. And they're funny. There you go. Despicable Me 3. Uh, I watched Commando. Oh, which is glorious. Yeah, Commando's brilliant. Vernon Wells, all-time great. Yeah. Uh, just the amount of fucking one-liners in this film are amazing. I was so young when I first watched Commando. It's it's obscene how young I was when I first watched Commando. I don't want to know. I, like... I was probably like six or something yeah. like that. Okay. The thing is... It's basically if there was a Saturday morning cartoon that was like really hyper violent. At points, it would be Commando. Yeah, like like the last the last twenty minutes or so, where he's like in that base and he's just like chopping dudes' arms off and blowing yeah. everything up, and you know, impaling Bennett with that fucking Steve Steve Hi. mouth thing. You know, it's it's I, magnificent. I, I mean, I the, that's that's a great death. Yeah, and of course, no Commando, no Die Hard. Really? 
Yeah. Why? Uh, because Die Hards originated as the um, as um, the, the, the origin of the Die Hard script started out as the sequel to Commander. Oh really? Yeah, it was an adaptation oh, okay. of, of, of the of a book that they wanted to kind of adapt into um, Commander, um, the sequel, where um, if my memory serves me correctly, him and whatever her name is, that's is it the girl that he hooks up with, kind of that um, he takes. Oh, Ray Dawn Chong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, um, he takes. They end up getting together in a relationship, and he takes the um, job of working for a security company, and he's doing a training exercise at um, what becomes Nakatomi Plaza in Die Hard. Um, on there, as if a training exercise going that, but do you know what happens? The training exercise ends up becoming real. And he's got to him and her. I've got to get out of that. Okay. And it ended up very early in what is it when Schwarzenegger said that he didn't want to go back and do um, a Commando Part Two because actually Schwarzenegger's done very few sequels. Mm. When you think about it. Um, it, that ended up very early on mutating into what became Diana. That's interesting. Okay. I never knew that actually. Um, okay, uh, so yeah, Commander, it's brilliant. Um, yes. And lastly, U five seven one, which I'd. Um, oh fucking hell! <laughs> yeah, I'd not seen it before actually. Um, Am I right in thinking there's a bit where they disguise a submarine? Like I, I might remember this incorrectly. It's, it's got John Bon Jovi in it, hasn't it? Indeed, yeah. It's also doing a film, isn't it? Uh, yeah, he's got a co-writing credit on it. Yeah. Uh, it's also a bit where they disguise a submarine into being a different submarine whilst they're in the submarine. Well, um... I, mm, so, well, I mean, it's basically... It's an American version of getting the Enigma machine, basically. <laughs> Which is completely, weird. yeah, it's completely based in no facts at all. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of kind of mental. Um, so basically, it's uh, Matthew McConaughey and Bill Paxton. M- McConaughey's the like the EXO. Uh, Paxton's the uh, the captain, um, and Harvey Keitel's the like chief as well. Um, they're ordered to pretend to be like a German sub and crew uh, because the sub that's got the Enigma machine is basically like marooned. Yeah. Um, And like they need supplies and like to be like fixed and whatnot. So they pretend to be them. They take that ship, but then their ship blows up so then they have to be in this German U-boat basically trying to get into safe waters and, like, there's a warship um, which knows they're there, knows then they're, they're, not the, they're not German, basically, but they take out its radio tower 
I'm kind of telling the plot of the film here, but I'm trying to get to the bit that I think you're referring to. They take out it's like radio, it's, it's comms, so it can't transmit home that the Enigma machine's been compromised, and then the the sub goes down below the warship, and then basically has to like go really, 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 really low so that the warship can't like ping it, and yeah. then it they fire off a load of like waste and they and like like to pretend that that's them and then they essentially rise up above like uh, uh, behind the warship and then destroy it with like the one missile they got left <laughs> yeah so it's... they do kind of disguise themselves a couple of times in the film like once by kind of just hiding below the warship and once by pretending to be Germans. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's really tense. Um, like in large portions of it, like for a long, a long time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy because not a lot, act- like certainly the second half, not a lot actually happens because it's them basically in this game of chess with this warship. But it's really well done. Is it worth rewatch then? Because I watched it in the cinema and and I, I remember being a little bit affronted by it. But then again, that was seventeen years ago. Yeah, no, I mean, like if you take away the fact that it's a complete bastardization of real history, it's a good, taut little thriller. That's oh, like, I, I might give it a rewatch then. Long. Yeah, but yeah, it's on Amazon Prime, man. It's 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 worth. It's yeah, I'd say it's worth another go. Oh, cool! I might actually be rewatch them. Um, but yeah, that, that's it. That's it for me. Right, I, I've actually I thought I had two, but I haven't. I've only actually got one. Um, I um, watched a razor on Amazon Prime. Um, getting my money's worth at Amazon Prime at the moment. I actually, watched it quite a bit. They still need to fucking update that. Fucking the fucking the the, the, the um, skin and everything because it's fucking terrible. But. The selection is getting a lot better. Uh, so yeah, I watched the uh, 1996 Chuck Russell uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, uh, A Razor, um, which is is that period of of Schwarzenegger where his star was kind of starting to wane a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah no. Yeah, because it was um, what like post True Lies, pre Sick yeah. Day. Yes, it was, yeah. yeah so it's, okay. that, it, it, it's that little bit where just before he kind of essentially went into semi-retirement to be a politician, essentially. Um, but, but the thing is, the weird thing is, a lot of the movies that he made around this time are actually just as watchable as the the lauded kind of 80s movies that we watch of it. And Eraser is quite... Watchable, you know, the central part of the whole film is that he plays um, a DA agent who, or sorry, CIA agent who essentially rehouses people who have got witness protection whose um, whose identities have been compromised, and so he kind of almost like fakes their deaths in a way, um, and then rehomes them etc and puts them into a deeper kind of supposed version of, of witness protection 
Um, but you had around this kind of time, you had you know things like this and Jingle of the Way, which didn't do a lot for him, but he's since become a bit of a cult classic, and Batman and Robin, which is still shit. But then you have things like uh, End of Days, The Sixth Day, which are both perfectly watchable, like Collateral Damage, which I still maintain is a very good Alice Schwarzenegger movie. Eraser is a solid watch, to be honest. It's, it's, you know, if you like Schwarzenegger movies, it's really quite entertaining. Um, and I think, you know, um, you know you, you've got treatments done by Milius and um, Darabont on the actual screenplay, uh, which you can kind of almost see. You can definitely see Milius' um, fingerprints on it in certain scenes. Uh, especially scenes between uh, Schwarzenegger and James Caan. And also you have a scene in it where Arnold Schwarzenegger shoots a crocodile in the face. Yep. So, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed my time rewatching it. Yeah, I remember liking it. Um, so I think we have at least one question I think we have. Might have mm-hmm. about a couple, but I'm definitely sure we have at least one. Bear with me two seconds. Not just one uh, from Rick Kid at Rick J Kid. As it's mid-year, what are your best and worst films of the year so far? Okay. Um, You've done a five, haven't you? Yeah, I've got five for each. So you've been um, more organised than I have. That's right. I'll just run through them. Um, number five, Triple X: Return of Xander Cage. Number four. Oh yeah. Uh, number four, um, John Wick Chapter Two. Number three, Kong Skull Island. Number two, Logan. And number one, Ukja. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah, uh, what's, your, what's your bottom five? Okay, so uh, number five maybe kind of says that I haven't watched too much shit this year because I didn't actively hate at least my number five and number four. Number five, The Mummy. Number yeah. four, Fireman Sam, Alien Alert, which I talked about last week. Uh, yeah. I mean, it barely classifies as a film, but hey. Um, number three, Sandy Wexler. Number two, <laughs> The Circle. And number one, Voodoo. Um, so two Netflix films there. Yeah, well, I, my, I, I'm not putting it in the world, my highlights so far. Um, Orchard would be within that without question. Uh, Logan, um, John Wick 2, um T2 the transporting um sequel absolutely would be within that there. Um what else have I really enjoyed? Uh I probably put them then there's been like the highlights of the year so, so far. Um and disappointments I'd put the mummy would be in that certainly. Uh the circle would definitely uh be within that absolutely. Uh I didn't get on with the Discovery, which is a Netflix movie. Um from there and what again War Machine I think oh, War Machine um, which is another Netflix movie which uh, means that I'm kind of shooting on Netflix but I'm not meaning to um, that's a good shout actually yeah War Machine's not great yeah so th- th- there is that but I think it's been a solid year so far it's been good you know there's been nothing that's jumped out and grabbed me and shook me and gone this is fucking amazing but there never usually is in the first sort of six seven months of the year Everything gets saved for the last of the year. Mm. You know, I mean, there's a lot of good movies coming up as well, I would say. Yep. No, I mean, that's that, that's the thing. Like, 
I, I, I'm expecting Okja to be in my in my top ten at the end of the year. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say. I, 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 that, won, I, I, I wonder about the others, but if if they are, then cool. Yeah, that that's it. You know, I'd expect that my top ten will feature Okja, maybe Logan, and eight other movies. There you go. Yeah. Uh, hope that, that my uh, worst films are still quite difficult to pick. Okay, well, we st- yeah, we still have uh, we still have like what five months left. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, so that was episode two hundred and fourteen. What we're covering next week, Ian? <laughs> uh, well, we have to um, say. yeah, our man back. Um, so it's going to be Spider Man Homecoming. Um, I I'm going to be going to see uh, the uh, the kind of like next hyped horror it comes at night that's out next weekend as well um so i'm planning on checking that out but yeah it'll definitely be spider-man yes very nice um so um at dupos at ian loring um dudamonkey.com uh is there anything i'm forgetting here i feel like i'm forgetting something i don't think so don't think so no uh, thank you very much for listening people uh we should be back next week we hope you enjoyed the show and over now Bye.